Welcome to 15 Minutes on the Way, Season 9, The Remnant. If you're a first-time listener, you really owe it to yourself to start at the beginning. Find Episode 1 of Season 1 at 15minutesontheway.com. Don't spell out 15. Otherwise, brace yourself for a conversation with God's voice telling His side of your story. At the end of last week's episode, Ezra is perched on a wooden platform to let the sound waves from his voice carry across the crowd. And when he opens the scroll to begin reading my word, all the people stand up in reverence to me and my words that are about to come out of Ezra's mouth. It's another template moment, friend, as our word flows across the people, many of them hearing it for the first time, and they understand its sacredness. They bow their heads and worship me. They lift their hands skyward in praise. This is in Nehemiah 8.6. As you have already discovered, our word is dense and powerful and it's often hard to process or understand it all in a heartbeat. Several huge concepts and detailed provisions are flying by as a great swath of the owner's manual is read aloud by Ezra. And the record notes that several Levites are dispersed amongst the crowd and instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. Nehemiah 8, 7, and 8. There's no shame in getting a little help from someone who's already been marinating in our word a while when you become a student of Tom. In fact, the very nature of its revealing our transcendence dictates by definition that none of you are going to understand all of it, and all of you can use a boost from someone wiser. And there's always going to be someone wiser than you. Yes, even you. It's a complicated moment filled with emotion. I mean, the powerful symbolism of it all is enough to make anyone weep. At this beginning stage, the people are hearing in broad strokes. Yes, our tender, loving care is in there, along with our plan to rescue humanity through our chosen people, but those things will sink in later. At first blush here, quite literally, the people are hearing just how far off the way they've been walking and behaving. Add that to the symbolism of the day, and there's not a dry eye in town whether from the beauty of it all, or the shame of conviction, or both. And so, in addition to providing instruction, the Levites also comfort the people, telling them, This day is holy to Yahweh your God. Do not mourn or weep. They're to celebrate with choice roasted meat and sweet wine, and they're to make sure that the poor get some in order to join in, for the joy of Yahweh is your strength. Nehemiah 8, 9-11 Renewing relationship with me is a cause to celebrate, not to mourn, for it is a moment that transforms not just the present, but all the rest of life in the future. Oh, how I want you to hear that, friend. 
Renewing relationship with me is a cause to celebrate, not to mourn, for it is a moment that transforms not just the present, but all the rest of life in the future. I am not all about telling you to straighten up and fly right. So often, you and the rest of humanity stay in the same place these folks are in, as that which has become unfamiliar is read to them. Our manual far surpasses do's and don'ts, yet those are entry-level concepts that are immediately comprehended. Though they are part of a larger context that points to a much greater reality of love and life, it's easy for you to fixate on the concrete command parts. It's been a while since we mentioned that often you're the child who's about to stick their hand in the fire whose parent sees you just in time and raises their voice in calling you to stop, saving you from pain and damage. In the moment, the child is more focused on being commanded to refrain from something they want to do than on the fact that they've been spared great harm within the context of a much larger, deeply caring relationship. We will have more to say about this whole dynamic with your race. Human, that is. But for now, notice how easy it is to be preoccupied with a commandment tree or two instead of taking in the spectacular beauty of the whole relational forest of life with us. In the end, the people in the square are moved past their penitence, for which there is always a need and always a time, as we shall see. Moved past their penitence to a time of celebration. Then all the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of food to those who had none, and to celebrate with great joy, because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. Nehemiah 8.12 their perspective has been broadened to include that which matters most, being in relationship with us, not just as a matter of heritage or community, but as a personal connection with the one who made the heavens and the earth. If you don't think that calls for a party, you haven't been paying attention. This would actually be a fine time to swell the music and roll the end credits, but there's just a bit more to cover that illustrates the need for continual intentionality in the fostering of your relationship with us. It's not just a one-off exercise, but a daily one. And so the next day finds the people engaged in the same enterprise, reading our word again. And lo and behold, remember this is happening in the seventh month of the year, they come across the prescription for the festival of booths to be held in when else but the seventh month, Leviticus 23, 39-43. And so it is proclaimed throughout Jerusalem and the surrounding towns to go out into the hill country and bring back branches from olive and wild olive trees and from myrtles, palms, and shade trees to make temporary shelters, Nehemiah 8.15. They do so, and in ours, the two largest squares in Jerusalem are filled with assembled structures that would make a Boy Scout cringe, but are the perfect re-entry point for our people to the way. You see, 
I'd originally set this festival as an annual reminder of a critical moment in Israel's history. I tell Moses to have all the nation live in thrown-together temporary structures for one week each year, so your descendants will know that I had the Israelites live in temporary shelters when I brought them out of Egypt. I am Yahweh, your God. Leviticus 23.43 And in the course of that week, in those town squares of reflecting on that chapter in their history, the people will recall that it was their lack of faith in me and my promises about the promised land that resulted in their spending forty years in similarly temporary structures in the wilderness. Booths, tents, and tabernacles are synonymous in Hebrew symbol and grammar. The people will also recall that after the faithless generation had been allowed to pass on of natural causes, the next generation in faith stepped forward into the unknown with us, trusting that since we had promised it, it would be so. Because of this faith and their faithful actions of stepping forward to claim our promises, the children of the wilderness exiles gained the promised land. Which makes this, of all the festivals, the most appropriate touchstone for this moment in our people's lives, as they have similarly lost a generation to time in exile and are standing once again upon the promised land to claim in faith all that we have promised. The people who've heard our word from Ezra in the town square are very much like their distant ancestors who wandered in the wilderness because of their wanting to return to the known, and poorly remembered, we might add, ease of Egypt. They also resemble the earlier generation in their lack of trust in our promises. All this in spite of the wonders we had done in order to secure their freedom once again talking about the wilderness-wandering generation. The fresh-out-of-exile generation had recent ancestors that had been taken from their homes and shifted to the wilderness of exile because of their wanting to return to the locals' idols and to political alliance to make sure they had all their bases covered. Exiled because of their lack of trust in me and in my promises to impart to them all the care, provision, and protection they would ever need. Right now, the whole restored remnant is sleeping in their tabernacles and remembering where they've come from, feeling the mercy of our having removed them from the wilderness and the grace of having been brought back to the promised land and, more importantly, back to union with us. Before we move on to their activities after this week, would you please stop a moment and reflect on the same things? Look back over the past, near or far, and remember the times of wilderness. If you're like most, you've had more than one. Now see how we have worked to extricate you from that hurtful mess to bring you where you are today. Now, as our children are poised to step back onto the way and the moving forward of the Abra plan, see where in your own life the opportunity to step further into life with us is just waiting for you to move into. 
if you are still in a time of wilderness, you still have other times of deliverance in the past you can look to. Remember how we delivered you that time. And look for my waiting hand somewhere nearby right now. We didn't let Israel wallow in their consequential wilderness of exile forever, and we will lift you out of yours as well. You can take another note from our people in looking at how they spend that week camping out in the square. The two large squares they fill are adjacent to two of the newly restored gates of the city, the Gate of Ephraim and the Water Gate. No, not that one. Nehemiah 8.16 Having the whole population living in town square bivouacs for a week makes for a ready congregation to hear Ezra's reading of the law. It is a time of introspection and self-examination, but that process is guided directly by the owner's manual. Another important lesson in your habitat filled with all manner of meditative techniques, some of which, of course, are fine, but others which may, in fact, escort you away from us. If you're going to stop and take a larger look at your life, which I am sure you understand is my point in all this, do make sure you're using Tom as your guidebook through it all. There are plenty of resources that function like the Levites just did in the town square, helping the process along. We are not saying to chuck them. Just don't end up meditating your way into a smorgasbord's territory. Once again, the reason we have given you the owner's manual, and the reason we are guiding you even now on this tour through it, for that matter, is not to work through philosophical theories or lifestyle strategies. Our word is life. We are not a way to approach the problems life throws at you, nor a way to maximize the potential locked within you. We are life. Yes, we put that potential in you, and yes, we will carry you through the problematic challenges of life. But I am not a technique for dealing with stress, nor am I a coping skill. I am the Lord of the universe, the creator of the heavens and the earth. I will be glorious and glorified, whether you acknowledge my sovereign domain or not. However, I hope you do. Because I also happen to be foolishly crazy head over heels in love with you, friend. Remember Hosea's commitment to his unfaithful wife, taking her back time after time no matter how far she strayed from him? That's me all over, kid. You can't go far enough away to make me stop loving you, corny as it sounds. So take a page from our people and hunker down for some time with us in our word. We'll go on with Nehemiah in the next episode, but for now, Take a couple days marinating in another section that is spoken to you in the past. Your choice. It may not even be something we have touched on in this discussion. While I heartily encourage the rigorous academic study of the owner's manual, now is not the time for academics. 
I assure the two academics listening to this that with this statement I am not asserting that this current journey is or has been an academic one. Now is the time for engagement of your heart. I am generally not a fan of letting the pages of Tom drop open and having that be some kind of sign for me as to where you should start reading, though honestly we can make any passage you choose work. Now, though, ask our spirit to nudge you towards a passage or paragraph. It needn't be a fire-hose gush of material like Ezra is pouring into the remnant this week. Ask spirit to bring to mind a phrase or image that has touched your heart. You may even be able to recall or find chapter and verse for it. But feel free to use an electronic device to search for that word or phrase that strikes you. If you're torn between a couple different licks, go with both. But keep things simple now. Once you've found a place in your manual on which to focus, spend some quiet time going over it slowly several times, noticing different words, turns of phrase or meanings each time as you do. Spend a good amount of time, even throughout the course of a full day, thinking about what the passage says about your past, another segment on what it says about your present, another on your future. Ask us to help you answer these and other questions about our word. What does it reveal about us, about you, about life, about what your next choices or steps should be? All of that is packed into nearly every sentence of Tom. It's all designed to bless you on the way in one way or another. I am not going to tell you to pitch a tent in the backyard or apartment building parking lot in which to do this, though by all means, feel free. But call these few days your own festival of booths. Once you've had some time of reflection, on that which we are about to lead you toward, if you follow through on our suggestions, that is. We'll meet you at next week's episode. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support what we do, give us a review on iTunes or Facebook, then share this podcast with your friends. Use the link to the very first episode from our website, 15minutesontheway.com. We hope today's episode has reminded you that you, friend, are part of an epic story that is still unfolding today. So keep walking on the way. And until next time, be good to yourself.